0: Well, good morning. Good morning morning to our uh, in-person first service here at the Oracle campus, and good morning to those that are watching online, and good morning to our second service that will be watching this uh, via video stream. Um, Also, wasn't that an amazing video that we just saw right now? You're probably asking yourself, what in the world just happened? (laughs) You know, the verbiage is in Dutch. The verbiage is in Dutch. The words are in Dutch. And um, we, uh, Sean and I connected with a pastor and his wife uh, that are from outside of Amsterdam, Holland. What you saw in that video is what's happening uh, right now as they're taking supplies to the Ukraine uh, to help those that are really hurting because of the war. And uh, I'll let Shauna kind of talk about our how we came together and how we met. Uh, God has a way of making appointments for us, amen? And uh, so we have met uh, Michelle and Sandy and kind of share the story of how we met. I'll uh,
1: I'll share it quickly. The short version. Short version. Uh, So we have a friend that God birthed in him a vision to um, make a T-shirt company or business that would produce or stir up conversation by the shirt you're wearing. Uh, it's called kingdom outfitters. And so he sent us two shirts each one being a shirt that had the Ukraine flag and pray on it. So, uh, during the week, I, I told, I mentioned to my husband, I said, I just am, I'm, I'm, I have a heaviness for God's people. Um, in uh, in the Ukraine area, and I said I just feel like there's there's more that God wants us to do to help take care of uh, these people that are um, their country is being destroyed for whatever wherever you feel about that there's still people dying and and uh, and so um, so that morning I said, I just thought I'm gonna wear my shirt and it says pray and has Ukraine colors because I was just thinking about him so we went to the we went to a restaurant. And we're sitting at this restaurant, and this lady keeps staring at me. And I'm like, you know, what? Why is she staring at me? Like, I was feeling kind of uncomfortable. And she comes over to me, and she says, um, she says, "God bless you for wearing that shirt." And uh, she said, "Can you tell me where you got it?" So I told her, you know, our, our friend has a, 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 a t-shirt company. Then she says, "Let me let me introduce you to my husband." Well, she brings her husband over, and they're here on what they call holiday. So they had planned this trip way before the war hit, and they try to get away for three weeks because they are pastors in Holland. They have a church there. Well, come to find out, they've uh, been picking up refugees on the Poland border, bringing them and housing them in their church. They turn their church into their children's center, their youth center, they put beds. They put restrooms. They brought portable restrooms, and now they're housing about sixty to eighty uh, Ukraine women and children. And um, and we connected right there in Chili's because of this teacher.
0: Great things happen at Chile's. Yeah. or La Casita.
1: Yes. So, uh, needless to say, we said let's meet again, and we prayed about it. We researched them. Uh, looked at their website, uh, their church website, and then we brought them back, and they met with our elders. And we just felt like, well, we know they're the real deal, and we wanna, we wanna, we wanna be the church. We wanna come alongside, and we wanna help them. So that's what this video was. Um, they are still taking buses across to the capital, which is what's the capital? Keith which is very, very dangerous. They've I, lost They've lost many friends already, pastors that have died because they're risking their lives. And um, and so it's a God story, and we know that the Lord put us together with them to do what we could as a church here in the little town of Oracle, Arizona.
0: Amen, amen. So uh, saying that, the month of June, we are change for change, which we, we collect a change for change offering uh, eight months out of the year, and it's, it's, it's putting our resources together so that we can bring change to our world. How many of you believe that Jesus is about change and, and great transformation? So we're going to send a, an offering at the end of June uh, to help them with, with what they're doing. That's the first phase. My, the second phase is the Lord has put on my heart that we're going to send a team to Holland. And uh, that team will go down there and bring relief to them and help, help them as they're ministering to, to the women, to the children, and uh, just doing the work of God. So as the Lord begins to uh, orchestrate those steps, we're going to bring that to you. And uh, you may be one of them that may say, I, I want to be a part of what's going on in the world. And one of the things that really stood out is Shauna uh, mentioned about our, our God-appointed uh, encounter, you know. Uh, when we met them, the first thing that she, that, uh, that she said to us was, uh, it's like people don't know there's a war here in America. Because if you're in Europe, you know there's a war. And, uh, and, and it, it brought an awakening to, to us, as Shauna was already being stirred, that, that we need to do more. So we'll see what the Lord directs us to do. So let's be prayerful. But let's also step out in faith and, and send what we can to, to help them out in that, in that work. So that's, that's the first thing I wanted to bring to you guys. The second thing is very exciting as well, um, kind of the pendulum going both ways. Uh, this week is Vacation Bible School. So we, that's big, right? And so we have uh, uh, Andy West, our children's director, and uh, Shauna, who is uh, director of leadership. Uh, they're they're going to talk about VBS to you guys.
1: Yeah, so we are excited. We have already, we spent all last week getting ready for Vacation Bible School. We're going to turn this campus into an art studio. Uh, There's going to be a lot of paint and a lot of fun things going on. But more than anything else, we're going to get to share the good news with a lot of kids in this community. And so Miss Andy has just recently stepped into, she was an intern. And she has now stepped into director of our Children's uh, Kids Zone program. So give her a hand. She's doing a great job. And I'm just going to let her share just a few minutes on uh, anything she might want to add here. A few seconds.
2: (laughs) Only a few seconds. Okay. (laughs) So as Shauna mentioned, we are going to be having our Vacation Bible School this week. And that's exciting. It's going to be from June 7th through the 10th from 6 to 8 p.m. And during this vacation Bible school, we are really going to explain to the students that they are created for a purpose, and they have a unique purpose from God to share his word and to be his witnesses. And they don't need to be the coolest student in school, or they don't need to have these outrageous talents to serve God. So we're really hoping that by teaching them about the story of David becoming king and about Jesus being the real king of our world, that they will be able to see that they have a greater purpose than what others are telling them in
0: school. Amen. Amen. It's going to be awesome.
1: So we, uh, we appreciate your prayers. Pray for us. Because by the end of the week, we can't walk. We're tired. Um, pray for us, stop by, see what's going on. You're more than welcome to visit us during the week and, and just have fun with us.
0: Amen. You can take that down with you if you will. All right. So we are going to continue in the Gospel of John. If you will, pick up your Bible or your uh, Bible app, maybe on your smart device. Or if you don't have one, uh, it, the notes are going to be on, uh, on your handout And we are going to keep moving forward as the Lord directs us to this wonderful, wonderful narrative in the Gospel of John. Um, Remember last week, uh, we learned about the lame man who had been lame for 38 years, and Jesus said three words. What were they? Pick it up, right? Pick up your mat. And from that, we got pick it up. And the importance of of God can bring a life transformation into our lives, but we have to be willing to pick things up. We've got to be willing to not make excuses. And I know that you guys came this morning with a no-excuse attitude, right? We're just going to just let the Lord direct us and guide us as, as, as we follow his purposes and his plan. Now... There's a shift that's going to happen now. Have you ever shifted gears? Anyone ever grew up with a manual uh, transmission kind of car? I learned how to drive in a manual transmission, so you—it's that's the best way to learn. It's the best way to drive, actually. But we're going to shift gears. We're going to shift gears, and I, I, and as Jesus goes from the miracle, uh, he's going to uh, say something to the the leaders, the religious leaders, because there was opposition that that began to take place. There was great tension. That began to take place. That leads to conflict, and then it leads to the consummation of of Jesus going to the cross. But here you're going to see here's a great miracle that he did, and then religious people don't get happy. They always say, but, right? Remember the, the buts of the Bible? So there's a big but, but you healed them on the Sabbath, not excited that this guy that had been lame for 38 years never ever walked. Now he's walking and he's carrying his mat. They're not happy about that. They're, they're upset because he's doing it on the Sabbath. And there's conflict. There's always tension with religion and Jesus. That's important for you. It's important for you to grab a hold of because when you're walking in the freedom of Christ, religion will always try and come and put a shackle on you and take you back into man's way of doing things. Religion says, this is what I can do for God. Christianity says, this is what God did for you. And he paid it all. And have you noticed that people are always talking about Jesus? There's always talk about him in circles. And usually, hear me now, usually they're ascribing to him what their ideas are about him, their opinions, their evaluation of who he is. I I think this is who Jesus is, someone might say. Another person will say, I think that he is this or that. He did this or that. In fact, in in Matthew's gospel, Jesus asks his disciples and he says, who do people say that I am? And they begin to say, some say that you're Elijah. Some say that you're one of the prophets. And then he said, who do you say that I am? And, and Peter looked at him and he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And so it, it helps us to understand that, that people are always forming opinions about Jesus. But if you had Jesus in the room, wouldn't you want to hear from him what he says about himself. Well, here's the good news. We can hear what Jesus said about himself every time we open up the Word of God. And today we're going to hear and learn what Jesus said about himself. And so my prayer for you My prayer for you, my prayer for you that are watching, my prayer for you that are sitting here is that when you leave here, you will leave with a clear understanding of who Jesus is from his own words. He said it, don't forget it. When he says something, we don't forget it. It's it's the most important thing, it's from his own mouth. It's not what Joel said, it's not what Billy said, it's not what Sally said. It's not what Jorge said. It's not what Sergio said. It's it's what Jesus said. And every major religion, this is why this is so important. Every major religion wants a piece of Jesus. Did you know that? Every major religion, they don't want to take Jesus out, but they don't want the complete Jesus. They don't want the the whole Jesus. Buddhism, for example, Buddhism says that he's he's, uh, uh, an enlightened person. They're not going to take him out of history. They're going to say, he's an enlightened person. We need to, be, we need to follow what he did. Uh, Islam says that he's a holy prophet. The Hindus, they believe that Jesus was a holy man. He was a wise teacher, and he's a, he's a one of many. Small G-O-D. A small God. He's a God. The New Age. Anyone heard about the New Age movement? New Age religion, the New Age highly esteems Jesus as a spiritually attuned or evolved being who serves as an example for spiritual discovery and evolutionary advancement. They all want a piece of Jesus. The people that come knocking on your door, some may come with with a with a really nice white shirt and, and they ride around in bikes and, and you know they come and and, and they t- talk to you about Jesus, but the Jesus that they're talking about is a brother of Lucifer. There's another p- people that another uh, uh, you know, p- people that talk about Jesus and, and uh, we, I put them in not I, but Orthodox Christianity puts them in a, in a category which we would call a cult. Uh, both of these and, and the other ones come and they knock on your door and, and they come and then they come as witnesses, but they they attribute Jesus as being Michael the Archangel. If you study and you look into but everyone wants a piece of Jesus, but we need to know who is. Jesus of Nazareth you see these these two major cults whether it be the ones that are riding their bikes or the ones that are knocking on your doors you know they uh, they attribute or they ascribe greatness to Jesus but not Godhead it, it's interesting to me that 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 the worship team that art as he leads the team, you know, this is important to us because Art prays about what songs he's going to sing. And he sang about the Trinity today. He didn't know what I was going to be talking about, but God knew. When I talk about the Godhead, God is revealed to us in Scripture and from Jesus' own mouth that God is three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Trinity, and and as hard as it is for us to understand and and, and let's 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 be be uh, honest about about something that the Trinity—it's it, very hard for us to grasp because God is transcendent. God is bigger than us. Amen. And, and I could try to explain it to you, and we're going to talk about things. Um, I could try to explain it like like humans do, or it's like it's like uh, uh, water, ice, and and vapor, you know, and steam. That's how the Trinity is. Are you kidding me? How are you going to attribute that to God? Or it's like a clover, you know, a clover has many leaves, but it's one clover. I could, I could say all those things. But how are you going to attribute that to God? The reason that I believe the Trinity is because Jesus spoke about it. He, he, he helps us to understand, and, and as we read his words, as we see that, that, that the, the, the words of Jesus and how God is revealed to us in three persons, not three gods, but one God revealed to us in three persons... Jesus never claims to be the father. The the father never claims to be the son. When Jesus was baptized, the father spoke from heaven. He said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Jesus said, I go to the father. He didn't say, I am the father. We talked about the Holy Spirit, and and we're going to start learning about him as we move, progressing in the gospel of John. And he says in John 16, he, the helper, will come when he comes. So it didn't say it. So the Holy Spirit's not an it. As we celebrate Pentecost Sunday, the Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not the force of God. He is a person, the third person of the Godhead. And that kind of just, poof, it blows us out of the water because we're like, what do you mean three persons, one God? it just, it just way beyond us. But here's the thing. We believe it because the Bible t- teaches us this. But not only the Bible teaches us this, most importantly, Jesus taught us this. So he does this great miracle. And in verse 15, I'm gonna revisit that. We ended with verse 15. The man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. Now, now here's, here's, here's what I want you to really grab a hold of. Then the Jewish leaders went, woohoo! Yay! No, 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 they didn't. It says verse 16. So the Jewish leaders began to harass Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, Oh, now, now it's gonna get it's gonna get it's gonna get thick, it's gonna get deep. But Jesus replied, My father is always working, and so am I. So the Jewish that, that statement is powerful. Because he puts himself in equality with who? With the Father. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. That's where it began. You should mark this down in your Bible. This is where the tension begins. This is where where they're going to start to figure out a way to kill the Lord of glory. They're gonna try to, they don't care about the miracles. They don't care about the words that are way beyond everybody else. They don't care about all the good deeds that he's doing. They care about religion. For he not only had broke the Sabbath, he called God his father, thereby thereby making himself equal with God. Boom, boom. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, and how many of you know that Jesus is truth? I tell you the truth the Son can do nothing by Himself, He does only what He sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does, for the Father loves the Son. And this is relation in the Trinity, this relation thing that we get and we begin to understand love through God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the Father will show him how to do even greater works in healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished for just as the Father gives life to those who he raises from the dead, so the Son gives life to anyone that he wants. So nobody tells Jesus what to do. He's sovereign. We don't tell Jesus what to do because he's God. In addition, the father judges no one. Oh, this is good. Instead, he gives the son absolute authority to what? To judge. Who's gonna judge? Jesus. So that everyone will honor the son just as they honor the father. Anyone who does not honor the son is certainly not honoring the father who sent him. Let me tell you, the thing that will keep you out of the kingdom, the thing that'll keep you out of the family of God, the thing that'll keep you out of heaven, will be not honoring the Son, because the Father says, I've sent him for you. I tell you the truth that those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. Boy, that's powerful right there. We can we can preach on that all day. How do you have eternal life? By doing good works, by believing in who? In the Son. That's how you have eternal life. He says, they will never be condemned for their sins. Why? Because they have trusted in the Son, but they have already passed from death to life. Isn't it beautiful that because we've trusted in Jesus, death doesn't have a victory over us? We've already passed from death to life because of our trust in Jesus, because of the work that He's done on the cross. And that's where He's going. He's going to the cross, but He's, he's talking to these religious leaders, and it's so important for us to understand. Verse 25. And I assure you that the time is coming, and it is here now, when the dead will hear my voice, the voice of the Son of God, and those who listen, listen will live. The Father has life in himself, and he granted this same life-giving power to his Son, and he has given him authority to judge everyone because he is a Son of Man. Don't be surprised. I love the exclamation right there. Don't be surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son, and they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life. And those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. And let me, let me, let me pause and explain that right there. As, as we look at the context, the context says that you're going to pass from death to life if you believe in the son. But not only do you believe in the son, does that change you, uh, bring you from death to life. But when the son comes into your life, he brings the Holy Spirit, as Leonard talked about Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit comes in and he begins to change us into different people. Only God can do that. What verse am I at? Thirty. He says, I can I can do I can do nothing on my own. I judge as, as God tells me, therefore my judgment is just just because I carry out the will of the one who sent me, not my own will he said it don't forget it here are here are three points here are three points there's always going to be great tension with what and with what and who man's religion claims about Jesus and who he really is there will always be great tension with what you or me or anybody else will ascribe to Jesus without understanding from his own words who he really is. There's someone in here today and you, you're trying to figure out this Jesus thing. You you're trying to be, you're here and and you're you're just trying to figure out what's this all about. You see your friends, I mean there's life change happening in them and you've come today and, and you're like what's this Jesus all about? And today you're going to hear from his own words what it's all about. But let me tell you something, it's going to go against maybe some religion that you've had in your life. When I got saved, when I became born again, all the things that I had been taught through man's tradition in the denomination that I was in, a lot of it did not match up with what we have in scripture. And can I tell you, as I progressed in my walk with God, and as I believed God's word more than man's word, I began to put those things behind me and walk in the freedom of Christ. But let me tell you something, beloved, there will always be tension, great tension between man's religion and the freedom in Jesus. Think about the people I talked about that go knock on your doors. Think about the people that I talk about that are doing religious things. A lot of them are doing, what, in their mind, good things for God. Good things for God don't cut it. It's a relationship that we have through Jesus Christ. See, Jesus doesn't, doesn't uh, let me say this, Every, every religion wants to put Jesus in a box to fit what they ascribed or what their philosophy is about him. I, I talked about the major religions, Hinduism, Buddhism, Islam. They're all putting him in a, in, in a box. But Jesus doesn't fit in a religious box, and he never will. It, it, it's It's this important. It's this important. That even denominations. When I talk about denominations, you talk about big major uh, uh, church works. That that you, whether it be uh, you can say anything, uh, uh, Baptist or, or uh, Methodist or all these are denominations. And they're wonderful. If you, if you look at the history of how they all formed, it was through men of God, women of God who loved the Lord, and they began to, to trust Jesus, and God just did amazing things. But here's what can happen with anybody. It can happen with Living Word Chapel. We can try to put Jesus in a box that we are making of him, not him making of himself. This is why this is so important to all of us. That he doesn't fit In any religious box, he transcends religion. It's a relationship that you have with him, and he changes your life for the glory of God. When you you put him in a religious box, you will skew grace and turn it into legalism. And you will skew holiness And turn it into licentiousness. Both of them are wrong. When you turn grace into, into the the grace of God is radical. You need to know this. The, The grace of Jesus is radical. He loves people. Doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how bad your sin has been. He loves people. And he will work on you until the day that you die. Right? The Apostle Paul said, not that I have already attained all this, but I press on to the work that God has for me. But then the, that's a part of the pendulum. Don't let, don't let the, uh, the religious box turn, turn the grace of God into legalism. But in the same thing, don't let the holiness of God take you into licentiousness and you stomp all over the grace of God. I, 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 God has a lot of grace for me. I can do whatever I want. Can I tell you something? When you're in a relationship with Jesus, you understand. He takes you away from all the yuck. That is destroying your life, and the yuck that destroys your life is also destroying the people around you. Because sin doesn't only affect the person; it affects the family. It affects your work environment. It affects your schools. It affects your 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 uh, your uh, government. It affects everything. Notice that Jesus said to the lame man who was healed, Go and sin no more. Grace leads to obedience, but it's never legalism. It's never, don't heal on the Sabbath. It's never putting God in a box. It's never, you know what, we do things like this in, in our church. This is the way we do things. I've been doing things like this for 30 years. We've been singing these songs for 30 years. Why do we have to change them now? Maybe the Holy Spirit says, Turn the page. He wants something else in our lives. He continually leads us. And that's what the Jewish leaders didn't see. Then the man went and he told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. This is the Lord of glory. This is the word who became flesh. Who dwelt among them. This is God. And they're upset. And it's very tempting for every person who starts walking with God to fit and fall prey into a religious box that will always stifle what Jesus is doing today what is Jesus doing today what is he doing i know i know one thing he's doing I know in the Ukraine that while there's there's war and there's hatred, I know that there's brothers of ours and sisters of ours that are there making a difference for the glory of God. I know in all these massacres, school massacres, and all the things that are going on, all the ugliness that happens in our world, I know this, that God is not silent. That his love permeates places and that the 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 that Jesus Christ will make a difference no matter how bad the situation is. There will always be great tension between religiosity and finding God in the person of Jesus Christ. He he is the second person of the Godhead. Let, let's read his words again. Jesus replied, My Father is always working, and so am I. That, that in itself tells you that he put himself in the same category as God. He goes on, you know, uh, the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For, for not only did he, did he break the Sabbath, but he called God his father and thereby making himself equal with God. See, uh, as this begins a conflict that would escalate to the point of Jesus being crucified, You need to understand why that happened. Jesus made a claim that no other person had made. Moses had never said, God is my father. The great prophet Elijah had never said, God is my father. Isaiah, Daniel, Jeremiah had never said, God is my father. Why is that important for me to say about those people right there? Because the Jews esteemed them highly. Moses was a great lawgiver. Elijah was a great prophet. Daniel was this very highly esteemed man of God who was used through emperors, different emperors to make a difference for the glory of God. They never made the claims that Jesus did. King David had never said God is my father. No other sane person has ever said God is my father because when you say that, you make yourself equal with God. And it's so important for us to know that that Jesus didn't try to correct the religious leaders like saying you misunderstood me. I'm the brother of the angels. I'm the brother of Lucifer. You misunderstood me. He never said that he knew he was god the son and we need to know this too he was and is the word the logos meaning that he is the whole meaning of existence he's the one and the only one who can give life meaning and i'm telling you i'm going to say something that's important because as god has brought you here if you're watching here today your life will never have meaning without jesus It can't. It cannot. You you just cannot understand life without Jesus. He's the word incarnate. The word is logos. Logos means the meaning of existence, the meaning of life. The Greeks attributed the logos to it. it. It was an it. God attributes it to him. So the meaning of life is not in your intelligence. Your meaning of life is not in your philosophy. The meaning of life is in a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. And every major religion wants a part of Jesus. Check me on this. But when you have only parts of Jesus, it's very easy to distort the good news that saves us. We need all of Jesus to be saved and secure in our salvation. I can tell when people struggle with being insecure of their salvation, they don't have all of Jesus. And people say, I I, I just don't know if I'm gonna go to heaven. Then you don't have all of Jesus. Because all of Jesus saves me. Not parts of Jesus. Not not the parts of Jesus that saved me whenever I said yes to him, but the parts of Jesus, the all of Jesus that said, I save you when you you said yes to me, but I'm gonna save you all the way through your your entire life. The blood that was shed at Calvary was not only for your past, it's for your present and for your future. That's all of Jesus. All of Jesus is, is, is understanding how important that his humanity was, was because not only do I receive that Jesus was a 100% man, but I also, I also receive that Jesus was 100% God. His servanthood as well as his lordship. See, Jesus serves me. He's God, and yet he came and he became a servant, but I also understand that he's Lord. His sinless life, and his life lived out for sinners. I need all of it. His 100% grace and 100% truth. Think about the layman. Pick up your mat. Right? Walk. And then he says to him, okay, now I've saved you. I've set you free. Now sin no more. Do you understand that he saves you, but he saves you with purpose? He leads you away from the things that are destroying you? His way to God, his truth as God, and his life to be imparted to give us eternal life with God. I need all of it. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Here's point number two. The the son is not the father, but he's co-equal with him. Jesus explained, He said, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing of himself. He does only what the what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. He's, he's saying, I'm equal. For the Father loves the Son and shows him him everything he is doing. In fact, the Father will show him how to do even greater works in healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished. He said, You think you're you, you think you're impressed right now? Wait till you see everything. You haven't even seen the angels, you haven't even seen all the things that the Father's gonna do with, through me. For just as the father gives life to those he raises from the dead, so the son gives life to anyone he wants. And Jesus is responding to these religious leaders who were so mad because a man had been fully restored on a day that that they deemed inappropriate. The problem with their estimation was they were talking to the one who created each day. They were talking to the one who created the Sabbath for the good of people and not people for the good of the Sabbath. Hear me now. That is so important right there. When you esteem any day better than what he esteemed for us. See, a day doesn't make you better. Jesus does. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus is our Sabbath rest. See, you can get so religious that you try to to, to use days, whether it be the Sabbath on Saturday. That's when the Sabbath is. And and, and you can can try to to make that day holy. And can I tell you, that day is a day, it's holy when God is in it. And when Jesus came, when Jesus came, he fulfilled everything so that in him we find everything we need about God. In Mark's gospel, this will help you a little bit. It says the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people and not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. Why is that important? Because it guards you from becoming religious and making things more important than God whether it be days or how you eat, the Levitical laws. You know, it's crazy to me how how people can can become born again and then they begin to take on these laws, the Levitical laws, everything, uh, you know, the dietary laws. You can't eat this, you can't eat this, you can't. All those things were pointing to us. They were pointing to Jesus who fulfills everything. He's the one who sets people free. A particular day will never do for you what Jesus will do for you on a particular day. Truth be told, the Father and the Son are working out the plan of your salvation. God is working, the Godhead is working collectively in unity for your restoration, your transformation. And your reconciliation. And I'll tell you the truth only God is 100% truth. Jesus never lies. And that's why it's so important for us to know the words of Jesus that are given to us in the word of truth. Are you with me? Because there will always be voices. There will always be religion, but Jesus comes to set us free from religion. He comes to set us free from philosophy. He comes to set us free from from all the things that that will take us and skew the freedom that we can have in Christ. No other person, no other angel, no other entity has made this claim, only Jesus, that he is the father's son. Jesus is not like any person. He's not like any angel. He's not like any entity. In fact, the Apostle Paul, when he's writing to the church in Colossae, he says this, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human form. And I'm going to tell you something. If you get this wrong, your walk will be wrong. If you get it wrong, if you get wrong who Jesus is, your walk from that day forward will be skewed. But when you understand that Jesus completes us because he's a complete God, and you can walk in his completeness, and you can walk in his restoration, you can walk in his justification, he justifies us just like if we never sinned before. When when Jesus, when he cleanses, cleanses us from our unrighteousness, you're completely clean. You can't add to it. You can't take away from it. Jesus did it all. And why can he do that? Because he's co equal with the Father. He's got authority. He's God in the flesh. And that's so important, beloved. If you don't understand the love of the Father and the Son, how, how are you going to get love right? Let, let, me, let me say this. Young people, there's some young people in here. There's someone watching. You can never get love right without God. Because God is love. So so how can we get love right? Not only how, how we're supposed to be loved, but how we're also supposed to love. When you understand that God so loved that he gave his son, then you understand that God is good. You won't blame God for all the things that you go through. When you're going through the roughest of times, when the world is bringing all this chaos at you, you say, God, I know you love me. And the other thing is when you understand God's love, that he loves you, and you're fearfully and wonderfully made, you begin to love yourself. And I'm telling you there may be someone in here that you have a hard time loving yourself. You need to know that God loves you, and it's okay for you to say, thank you, I love myself too. And you can give that love to other people. But re- what does religion say? Religion says I will earn God's love. I will do, I will do more, and that's why I am loved. The problem is, is that we all fall short, amen? How many of you had a perfect week, and everything you did was right, right? Or how many of you needed a mulligan? (laughs) How many of you needed a, right? You needed a gimme, you needed some help. We can't do enough. We will never do enough. That's why Jesus came. And religious people reject this because they think that they can get it right and that they can overcome. But here's what Jesus said. He, said. he said this. The father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished for just as the father gives life to those he raises from the dead, so the son gives life to anyone that he wants. Who can do this except God? Who can give you life except for God? That's what Jesus said. He said, I can do this. Who can forgive your sins except for God? That's what Jesus said. He said, I can do this. The Son of Man can forgive you. Okay, here's here's your last point. Here's your last point. Not only does the Son, which is Jesus, save you from your sins, he will also judge and justify you on the last day. How many of you will say amen to that? Let's just read it again. I think the word of truth needs to be our guide right here. In addition, the Father judges no one. Instead, he has given the, the Son absolute authority to judge. He's never given that to an angel. He's never given that to a prophet. He's never given that to, a, to any other person but Jesus So that everyone will honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Anyone who does not honor the Son is certainly not honoring the Father who sent him. The the Father has given the Son absolute authority. Jesus, before he sent his disciples out, he said, all authority has been given to me. In heaven... And on earth, therefore, go and make disciples. See, when when I go and speak to people, I go and I always trust that Jesus has all authority. And when I'm speaking on behalf of Jesus, here's what I know for sure: because he has all authority, he's given me the ability to speak on that authority, and he does great things. Two, two, two quick, two quick things that happened this week. And I'm gonna close. You know my quick things. I get a phone call from a guy just this week, and and you know he lives in the Globe, uh, San Carlos area, and, and uh, he says, Pastor, he says, I'm going through a lot right now. Now this guy was so standoffish to God when I first met him. Raised up in in, uh, in Mexico and in, in uh, Copper Canyon, Daramara Indian, who was raised in the states. And he starts talking to me. He says, there's some things going on that I don't understand. He said, there's, there's, there's demons that are, that are beginning to, to surround my house. And there's, there's, there's some doors that have been opened by a family member. And, 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 and there's just craziness going on. And I don't know what to do. And I said to him, I said, well, I know what to do. What you need to do, you need to give your life to Jesus. Jesus. Because he has all authority over everything. And here's the thing, I said to, and I said his name, I said, I can go over there and I can can cast out every demon that there is right there because I know that Jesus is going with me. And and I know this, no matter where I go, you know, I know that Jesus is with me and because Jesus is with me through the power of the Holy Spirit, demons don't have victory over me. I can go over there, but guess what? When I leave that place, when I leave over there, guess what's going to happen? Those demons are going to say, woo-hoo, he's gone. So what you need to do, and you need to bring Jesus into your life so that you can walk in that same authority. You can walk in that same victory. That's what you guys need to know. All the things that are going on, all the chaos is going on around you, it doesn't have victory over Jesus. Okay, that's the first thing. Second thing that, that happened is I'm there and, I'm, and, and this guy actually showed up at the campus. We're doing some renovation there at the Kearney campus. And this guy shows up and we're, we're talking about some work. And, and this, this, the, the neighbor across the, the, the street from the church walks over there. And she says to me, Pastor, Pastor, can I talk to you? And she said, my husband had, he she just had a heart attack a couple weeks ago. They don't go to the church. She, he had a heart attack a couple weeks ago. I said, oh, I said, man, I can't believe it. He looks so, he looks so good. He looked healthy. He said, she said, yeah, they put seven stints in them. Put seven stints in them. I said, well, at least it's a good number. Seven's a good number. you know. What am I going to say? You know what I mean? And so we were talking, and, and 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 so I say, you know what? We're going to be praying. We're, you know, I, I hug her, and God, God's got this. She said, "It's only because of God that He's alive." I know that it's only because of God that He's alive. And so as I'm talking to her, and the Holy Spirit's there, and His peace is there, and but he, here, here's here's what what I I take a step back and I say, why did she come to me? Why did she come to me? Because of God. Why, why did that guy that, that, that we were able to pray with and Alex Dietz is here with us first service and Alex has been with me in a lot of things and, and Alex has, has an amazing testimony and we prayed over him and Alex was able to share with him some things that I think are gonna change his life forever. It was the Holy Spirit. Why, why did this guy come and talk to me? Because Jesus is with me and because all authority belongs to Jesus and he's the answer. He's the answer. And when we when we understand him for who he said he is, and he's the judge. So if, if he has acquitted me, if he's justified me, guess what? I'm in pretty good hands when I go before him. Amen? If I go to him and I say, Lord, look at what I did for you, I'm in trouble. But if I say, Lord, thank you for what you did for me. Thank you for for you shedding your blood at Calvary. Thank you, Lord God, that when I messed up, when I did those boneheaded things, even after I was a believer, after I was a follower of Christ, when I said things to my wife, when I said things to my kids, when I did this, when my neighbor, whatever it was, whatever it is, I'm speaking in tongues. (laughs) Pentecost. (laughs) Whatever it is, he's my judge, and he's acquitted me. Because he paid the price. Now, you may be here and you may say, you know what? Or you may be watching and you may say, I can do it on my own. Well, you're no different than every other religion. Your religion says you can do it. My faith and my relationship with God says I can't. He can. He's the only one that can. And if you can bring that to the people around you, hear me now. If you can bring this good news to the people around you, they need it. They need it. Just like the person that was struggling with the demonic spirits that are trying to harass him, just like the person that had a a heart attack with with their husband, just like all those people, they flog and they start coming and they say, I need an answer. You can have the answer. And his name is Jesus Christ. So if you're here today... Don't leave here without Jesus being your Lord and your Savior. I'm going to pray a prayer. By faith, I'm going to pray a prayer for those that are even watching online. That today's your day. Today's the day that Jesus is telling you, I want you to get up, pick up your mat and follow me. I want you to get up, pick up that thing that you're carrying and follow me. And don't let religion get in the way. Let his words be true in your life. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy that's new every morning. Lord, today I I just pray that that you will move in hearts. And and I'm I'm, I'm joining with those people in here and that are watching that maybe they've never said yes to you. And we're praying together, right? now. we're praying this prayer. God, I am tired of trying to live life on my own. And without you. Today, I admit that I am a sinner. Today, I admit that Jesus, I confess it Jesus is the answer. I believe that he went to the cross at Calvary and died for my sins, past, present, and future. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day, just like the Bible said he would. And so today... Today I confess him as my Lord and my Savior and I choose to follow him from this day forward in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now real quick, if you prayed that prayer, just show me by your hand. Just say, today I'm just loving the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Beautiful. Prayed that prayer. You're saying, Jesus, I need you. I'm going to follow you. And the next step is just to let him love you with his grace and let him lead you where he wants to lead you. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up and worship the king.